You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Uh, let's get started. I think we have a uh, turn there. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, and everyone that needs to be dismissed for the Sunday school class can go. Hebrews 12. All right, Hebrews 12, uh, let's, let's read verse 1, 2, and 3. The Word of God says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I've been watching the Olympics, yep. Mm-hmm. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for who, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Uh, today, this morning, uh, I want to talk about the two words in verse 3, consider him. Consider him. And I actually am... Uh, and taking this, this was a theme that was at the college that I went to. I went to a college in Fargo, North Dakota, uh, up there in the cold. And this is one of, one, of the, one of the years our theme was consider him, Hebrews 12, 3. And I'm not saying that, I'm, I'm saying this, this sermon is originally mine. I didn't take it from someone else. I'm just saying that this was a theme that we had. Uh, and... This is what we want to do this morning. Uh, I think I have just a, a simple message, but, but one that we need to remember and certainly consider Christ and consider some things uh, of Christ. And uh, I, I started with cinnamon. Oh, I knew I'd mess that up. I was like, don't say cinnamon. Don't say cinnamon. Say synonym. Synonym. Cinnamon. Yeah. My mind. Yeah, that's where my mind goes. Uh, I have synonyms of consider, and that is to think about, to contemplate, to reflect, to examine, to review, ponder, meditate, assess, and evaluate. I want to do some of those things this morning of considering Christ. We want to contemplate Christ, reflect, review, ponder. Uh, Some things that some of us may already know, some things that some of us may not know, but we want to consider Christ. So I have three simple points, and the first is Luke. I want you to turn to Luke 23. The book of the Bible, Luke, it's one of the Gospels. Luke 23. My points are also alliterated. 
So I want you to consider his passion. Consider his passion. Luke 23:39. Sorry, Nathan. Luke 23:39. Once once you know the back there, I can help what I can help what he's doing. We're going to do 39 to 47. Luke 23:39 to 47. Let's read that. There it is. And one of the malefactors which were which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil in the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus cried aloud, cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly, this was a righteous man. I want to stop there. This morning, I want to consider his passion. I want you to consider one more time that Jesus died for you. And I have have a fear of churches that this, the, the cross, has become a little bit too common, uh, maybe a little bit too comfortable. Uh, we, we see symbols of the cross all over. We see it on, on necklaces. We see it uh, on uh, uh, symbols we see on the stained glass over here. We see it all over the place, and it has become such a common thing that maybe it just matters a little bit less in our minds than the first time we heard it. So I want you to consider this morning once again and to contemplate and meditate on that Jesus Christ died for me and he died for you. And this is something that I don't want to take lightly, that it, it is a big deal. It is, it is something that certainly matters a lot. And it, and it matters. This is the reason we're here. This is the reason we're living. And not only did he die, but then he rose again. Because we don't serve a we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve someone who's just dead, and like uh, and like the other religions of the world do. Uh, we serve a living God, a God that we certainly believe in, and, and a God that is currently in heaven and waiting the call from the Father, saying, "Go get my children." We're waiting on that, and this is this is a, a big deal that Christ died for us. And I want to simply stop and think about this. I want, we want to consider this. We want to remember that the cross was torture, a literal torture. And that it was, it's not, you know, we see that symbol all over the place. And it, 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 we, don't, we tend to forget that it was bloody, it was gruesome. And, I, you know, it, maybe it's not appropriate to get into all the details. But it certainly was. It, it was a, a nasty sight. And God did this for you. God did this for me. 
And I want to stop and consider that Jesus died for us once again. And remember that no matter how long you've been saved, of, of a long time, a short time, no matter how long you've known Jesus Christ personally, it is still a, a big deal. It still matters a lot that Jesus died for us. And it is simply a good reminder on this day in August that, hey, I remember Jesus died for me. And that maybe that puts a little more step in your walk. Maybe that Maybe that encourages you or, or lifts you up that, you know, this morning in Sunday school, I was reminded once again, Jesus Christ died for me. And that's, that is a certain a thing that we hold dear. I, I, I pray to, to, I guess, I, I, I pray for myself that this does not just become a flippant and too much of a common thing. I pray, I pray that, that God, you know, keep this fresh, keep, keep this as something that matters to me that, that you sent your son to die for me. And I appreciate that, and I love that. Uh, Hebrews 12, 2, uh, it says, Endured the cross, despising the shame. He endured the cross for me. He endured the cross for you. Uh, it was certainly something that had a lot of weight, had a lot of bearing. Jesus knew that that was why he was sent to the world. And uh, he endured the cross for us. So, a simple Sunday school message. I want to reconsider that Jesus died for me. I want to reconsider, examine, ponder, and meditate that God sent his son for me and how much I appreciate that. Let's go back to Hebrews 12. Uh, maybe put a marker in Hebrews 12 because we'll go somewhere, go back to Hebrews 12, go somewhere, go back to Hebrews 12. <clears throat> Hebrews 12.2. So first, I want you to consider his passion. Consider that Jesus Christ died for you. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross. So there's his passion. Despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. So first, he had a passion, and second, I want to say he had a place. Consider his place. Set down on the right hand of the throne of God. What a place. What an awesome place that is. And there is no other place that is above heaven, that is on the earth or below the earth, that can even match, come close to such a place. Uh, I've been to certainly... Uh, exciting places. Been to Washington D.C. I was excited to see the things around there, uh, see statues and monuments, and this thing happened here, or um, the where Martin Luther King gave his speech. I have a dream. Uh, I was I, I stood on the place where he gave that speech, uh, but again, that is just nothing compared to such a place that Jesus Christ has on the right hand of the Father, the right hand of the throne. And that is, it is such a cool place to me. Uh, go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, verse 5. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. I'll start reading. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, 
who being in form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. There's his passion again. Now you'll see his place, verse nine. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him, given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in the, of heaven, things of earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So again, there's his place. A name that is above every name. Uh, I find it, I find it e- interesting what the Bible says that Christ didn't think it was wrong or robbery to put himself as equal as God. And he was certainly right. God says, God the Father says, I am glorified when you glorify my son. I am lifted up when you lift up my son Jesus. And again, that is a place. That is certainly a place. The name above all names is certainly a, a, a place to be. That is amazing to me. And uh, now, Revelation chapter 5. Let's go over there. Revelation 5. We're going to continue talking about his place and, and where Jesus is. Revelation 5.13 Revelation 5, 13 and 14, it says, And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Now this is a scene in heaven. This is something that's happening in heaven that has not happened yet. And I am just trying to show you this place that Jesus has. This place where everyone fell down and worshipped him. And certainly uh, there's a place in the Bible that says every knee should bow, shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. Every single person that has ever existed throughout all of time, from Adam to this very moment, every single person will bow the knee to Jesus Christ and profess that He is God, He is Lord to them. At His place, at His throne. And this is an an amazing thing to me. So I want you to consider once again that he had a passion, that he died for you. I want you to consider once again where God has put him. God the Father put him on his right hand. God the Father said, this is the name above every name. And again, uh, I want you to be careful when you use that name. I want you to take great caution when you use that name. Okay? And this is not, not a part of the message. Use great caution. That you're speaking the name that is above every name. 
and we don't use it uh, flippantly. We don't use it. Uh, uh, we use it with respect. You know, I have a I have a quick just a quick thing about this. Uh, one time, <laughs> when when I was younger, it was the cool thing to say, "Dude, oh, dude, what's up? Oh, dude." And I was maybe I was thirteen or fourteen years old. And I, one time, I called my dad. I said, "Dude." And he said, nope, you don't call me that. And I was like, I was kind of taken back because I was going to say a story. I was going to say something funny. Dude. And he was like, don't call me that. And I said, what? And he said, no, nope, you, you know, uh, I'm your dad. I'm not your dude. And, and it was a respect thing. He's like, I need you to respect me. You know, it was, it was that kind of a thing. And never again did I call him dude. It's still a, it's a respect thing for Jesus Christ. We ought to be using his name in respect uh, and out of reverence and honor. And uh, we, don't, we don't use it flippantly. Uh, Jesus is not my dude. Uh, he's my Lord. He's my Savior. And I don't, I don't call him anything else other than those names. Uh, this name that is above every name. And I just wanted to insert that warning and maybe a funny story too. Uh, now... Finally, I want you to consider his purpose. Passion, place, purpose. 1 Timothy 1.15. Would you go there, please? 1 Timothy 1.15. It's only verse 15. 1 Timothy 1.15. Whoa, that's not right. Oh, I have it written down wrong. Oh, I'm in 2 Timothy, that's why. <laughs> I knew that would happen. There it is. Yep, 1 Timothy 1.15. I was in 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1.15, it says, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all exception, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Now, there is nothing more clear to me than this verse. Maybe there is, there, maybe there is a little bit of confusion that uh, I, I thought about this. If, if you were to interview people, uh, if you were to go to a popular place, so maybe, maybe the mall in Sioux City or, or a popular place, and you might say, why did Jesus come? Why? You might get a number of different answers. You might get, uh, well, he came to do some mighty miracles and he was a great prophet. And you might get, he, he came uh, to have a picture of what God is like, of, uh, that we may know God. That's true. But more than anything else, he came to save sinners. He came to save people. He came to save people that were lost, save people that were seeking, seeking life. And there, there is nothing, nothing greater than what he came for. And he certainly accomplished many things when he did come, like miracles and like showing us what God is like and giving us a, a picture of, of God. But more than anything, he, he came to save sinners, and that is certainly me. He came to save me. So I want you to consider that Jesus died for you. I want you to consider the place he has. 
But I want you to consider, too, that he came to save you. He came to this world just, just to save you just, and to save every person that ever existed. And nothing can be more clear than this. Uh, this is not, this is not of, of debate. This is, this is exactly black and white. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And Paul, the person who wrote Timothy, says, of whom I am chief. You see at the end, Jesus Christ uh, uh, came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Uh, what he's saying is, I'm the worst. I'm the worst of them. I'm uh, the chief, the, the highest. I'm the worst of the sinners. And yet he still came to save me. And uh, many of us can feel like we're, we're pretty bad. And I've heard some people, I've heard someone say, uh, my wife was inviting someone to church and they said, well, if I go to church, uh, I, might, I might die. And it's like, all right, yeah, what are you talking about? And this person was afraid of the sins that they've done, that God would simply kill them in church. And they stay away from church and they uh, are scared of going to church. And Paul here, because what I'm saying is we can feel like we are the worst. We are the worst sinners. We are, there is nobody worse than us. And you don't know the things I've thought. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know the things of my past. Yet Paul says, I'm the worst. And yet he still came to save me. Paul says, I, I am the worst. I'm, I'm the worst of them all. And yet he still came to save me. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. God came to save the worst of us. Jesus came to save us all. And I want to consider that. I want us to reconsider, again, think about, meditate, contemplate. Jesus Christ came to save me. Now, uh, when I was, I, for a different message, I looked up the names of Jesus. And I love those names. Uh, the Rose of Sharon, uh, the Root of David, uh, you know, this is Sunday school. Does anybody have, have the names of Jesus, any of them? The Good Shepherd. Emmanuel. Lion of the tribe of Judah. The Bright Morning Star. Yeah. Uh, the, what I looked up, I saw a list. There was about 200 of them. Danny, did you have one? Lily of the Valley. Yeah. Lily of the Valley. I saw him smirking. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, when he, when he gives that smirk, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, I knew. Anyway, Lily of the Valley. I was reading through all the names. There was about 200 of them, and it gave scripture verses for every one. And I loved it. I loved it. I believe that the name that means the most to me is that he is Jesus, the friend of sinners. Because that's so personal to me. That, yes, he is the Lily of the Valley. Yes, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, he is, and it, those names show him as the great king. They show him uh, portrayed as those other things. But the one that, that breaks my heart, the one that, that stirs me up inside is that he is my friend. He is the friend of sinners. And that he came to save me. And I, I love that name. I love that name. That Jesus is my friend, the friend of sinners. And that's me. I am a sinner. And, and again, I don't want you to think that I'm, I am something special as, as someone who, oh, he can, he can preach. He, he must be so great. I'm just a sinner. 
And I am saved by Jesus' grace that has been put upon me. And I love that. I appreciate that. So there's three Ps. I want you to consider his passion. Jesus died for you. And that's special. Don't, don't forget about that. And don't let that become something that's just flippant and normal. I want you to consider his place. Remember that Jesus has a specific place that is on the right hand of the Father, a name that is above every name, and we ought to be careful when we use this name. And thirdly, I want you to remember his purpose. There is a purpose of why Jesus came, and the number one purpose is to save sinners. And that's me. I'm a sinner. And he came to save me. I want to end in Hebrews. Hebrews 12. Go back there, please. Hebrews 12. I want to ask a question. Why should Christ be considered? And I might, I might have started the sermon with that. I, I honestly don't remember. Why should Christ be considered? And I love it when the Bible answers its own question, and of course it's going to. Hebrews 12, verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Here's the answer. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. If I could bring this to just a modern day English, unless you forget. Why should Christ be considered? Unless you forget. Unless it becomes this, like, well, just everyday thing, this thing that doesn't really matter anymore. And I want you, again, I'm repeating the points. Consider the passion. Consider the place. Consider the purpose. Unless you forget. Unless it becomes something that just doesn't matter to you anymore. Unless we, we get caught up in the other things that we're doing and accomplishing. Uh, we ought to remember, and, and so maybe this Sunday school lesson is a big refresher and a remembrance. The Sunday school lesson is a refresher and a remembrance of those three things. And considering Christ and why he came and that he died for me in the place that he has. Unless we forget. Unless we forget. That's, it's just a good remembrance and a refresher. Don't forget those three Ps. Passion, place, purpose. And finally, uh, maybe one last point. I want to insert that it is much easier to work for Christ and be a loyal Christian when I have considered him. I'm saying it's a lot easier to uh, maybe come to church faithfully. Uh, I, 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 I want to be careful. I'm not pointing anyone out. I'm not. Please, please. Maybe it's, maybe it's easier if we remember Christ died for me. All right. I'll, you know what? I could sleep in on Sunday morning. I'm going to come to church. You know what? If, if I am considering his place that he is on the right hand of the Father, I can pick up this piece of trash that's over here because God has an amazing place for Jesus my Lord. And thirdly, if I consider his purpose that he came to save sinners, then maybe I could invite people to church. Then maybe I could give them out this track. Then maybe I could tell my coworker, hey, I know a Savior. I know Jesus. And I want you to know him too. 
What I'm saying is, when we have the things considered, when we are considering Christ, it becomes easier to serve Him. It becomes easier to, to love Him. And it, it is just more fluent, if you will, or, or it doesn't take much to, to do more for Christ when I remember that He died for me, the place Jesus has, and that He came to save sinners. He came to save my family and my friends and all those around me. And those, that is the three reminders that I want to give to you this morning. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish there. We have donuts in the back if anyone would like some. Yeah, Richard. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Every every day, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 